so here we are at the start of a new series. Welcome to the 120 students who are here tonight, I think. That's the largest number of students who've traveled across to church in North End. So I think I must acknowledge the students. And so we, we start a new series, both in the morning and in the evening. Um, uh, the evening uh, uh, series is titled, Is That Still a Thing? Is that still a thing? Now, one of the most challenging things in life is to work out what to keep and what to get rid of. Whether it is in items of clothing and staying up to date, or whether it is in a relationship that you think may have run its course. I know that's a sore topic. I know, I know. You always react the same way. Or whether that is to hold on to a value or a principle that's in the Bible that you're being told is out of date or old-fashioned. We now live in a world in which knowing what is eternal and what is temporary is under threat. People are constantly telling us that you don't have to still believe that anymore or you don't have to still think that anymore, that things have progressed and you should progress with it. It's Remarkable how often the word, the, uh, the things have evolved, has become so fashionable. You know, evolution in my day was strictly amongst, you know, animals. Now people are evolving and they're evolving into more and more uncertainty rather than more and more certainty. And I think it's important for us to step back and go, what's here to stay? No matter what anybody else says, it's eternal. What's temporary? What should be for a season and what should be for a foundation? And if you can figure that out in your life, your life will be built layer upon layer towards something powerful and significant. Or your life will feel like it keeps repeating. Have you ever had that feeling that you've been here before, but not in a good way? Like you've been in a relationship as toxic as that before, or you've been in a decision-making spiral like that before or you felt that kind of loneliness before or you've read a verse in the Bible and thought that really doesn't make sense and you thought, why do I keep going back to that place? I think this series is going to help you answer the question, what's here to stay and what's got to go? Can you say amen to that? I have a habit that um, when I get new items of clothing, for every new item of clothing in my cupboard, some item of clothing has to go. It's hard. Because you get weirdly attached to random things. Have you noticed that? It's not even working anymore, but you're attached to it. And I'm not talking about my clothing. Yeah. There's stuff in your life and you don't know how to let it go. So wrapped in this conversation is the idea of knowing how to let go of something. But the opposite side of that coin is when things are tough, but it's worth holding on to, do you know how to hold on? Perseverance has become a scarce commodity in the right things these days. Strangely, sometimes people persevere in what the Bible describes foolishness, <laughs> but we don't persevere in faithfulness. I got to, I think, work it out. So I thought, a good place to start. Um, you, you may or may not know this, but there are some verses in the Bible that you've read or, or, or might read that you do wonder, is that still a thing? Should I give you a controversial one or two? 
Like there's one verse in the Bible that says, yo, I can't believe I'm going to say this. I'll stand further back. It's about braided hair. If you know, you know. I think that's all I need to say. Because there is a verse in the Bible that says that women must be careful not to adorn themselves with braided hair and to use that as their beauty, for their beauty ought to be from the inside. Now, you might be tempted to go like, is that still a thing in the Bible, in the world of braid? Did you just say no? Somebody say no. The author was a white male. And he stay out of women's things. <laughs> and all the women said, yeah. I've got a tough, tough crowd tonight. Tough crowd. Is that still a thing? And then there are other verses in the Bible, you know, for example, that um, those who commit sexual immorality before marriage sin. Is that still a thing? Cool. I mean, that's definitely the right answer. Those of you, like, I'm, I'm pretty willing to be flexible on the braids thing, but like on the sexual morality thing, I think we have, there's got to be a line. But how did you know which one? And how will you know when you're not in a good space that the one you're throwing out is the one you should keep? And the one you're keeping is the one you should set aside. How will you know? And perhaps one of the most important things I can tell you today is that you're not meant to work it out on your own. And if you're the only one who thinks that, there's a good chance you're wrong. That God created the Word and the world to be lived out in fellowship and in family and in community. You may not want to know this or acknowledge this, but sometimes your family and your friends in some areas of your life know you better than you know yourself. They may, they may know you because they've watched you trip over something a few times. And I think we, we should set ourselves a goal in this series. And the goal is, if it's eternal, I want it to be foundational in my life. And if it's temporary, I want to have the wisdom to know when to leave it alone and when to walk away. Can you say amen to that? I think we've got to figure out that, by the way, I don't think that Paul was saying women must not wear braids. Paul was saying that people must not think that beauty lies in braids. Beauty lies in the heart of the person. So never put pressure on somebody to beautify themselves on the outside in order to please you because you've got a problem with the way you see beauty. Yo, I've improved my, I have improved my shareholding amongst the lady community by clarifying that I was, I had become instantly undateable by my previous remarks. It's important to have that kind of clarification in our lives. But I do think that before we dive into some of those things that are are not a thing and those things that are still a thing, we should remember a few foundational things. First of all, God's Word is always a thing and it always endures forever. 
1 Peter 1 verse 25 says, but the word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the word that we preach to you. Your name, O Lord, the Psalms says, endures forever. Uh, your uh, uh, fame and, uh, uh, and remembrance, O Lord, endures throughout all generations. 1 Chronicles 16 says, Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His love endures forever. We should remember that there are some things that are forever. I know that this is going to age me hugely, hugely, and I apologize in advance, but when I'm super bored and a little bit frustrated with, you know, the lack of common sense in the world, I turn on YouTube and listen to Judge Judy. <laughs> you laugh because so do you. You've listened to a few. The older she gets, the grumpier she gets. She really does need Jesus. But recently, and I love it when she does this, when there is some chaotic relationship and the boyfriend and the girlfriend are fighting and arguing, but they still love each other, but they're fighting. And then they sue their mother, you know? She'll sue his, her mother, or he'll sue his mother, because she isn't liking the boyfriend. Judge Judy has this habit of saying, you see the guy standing next to you? In 10 years from now, you will probably not remember his name. You see your mother? In 10 years' time, she's still going to be your mother. And I, I think about that sometimes concerning Scripture. You see the thing you're going through, the person you think you need or the person you think you lost or the contract you wished for, the contract somebody stole from you, in five years' time, you won't even remember the situation. But I want you to know that the Lord is everlasting. His name is just forever. I want, I want you to know that He will be the one who is closer than a brother. You've got to know what you're anchoring stuff to. Oh, I know so many people who anchor their lives to all the wrong stuff. Anchor their lives to a look, anchor their lives to a person, anchor their lives to a reputation, anchor their lives to the number of likes on an RG post. They don't endure forever. But the Lord is everlasting. His love endures forever. His name is renowned from one generation to the other. That's forever. And so I thought it would be good to start our series or conversation on the title, Things That Never Get Old. Things That Never Get Old. In Luke chapter 5, um, there's an interesting teaching from Jesus. I, I want to uh, uh, tell you about this. Because uh, while it's up there, it's okay, it can be up there. How, how many of you have a deep desire to always have the newest phone? Like how many of you honestly... Like when the new one comes out, you start thinking to yourself how you can scheme to get a new one. I'm like that. I feel FOMO. Like the other day I had a look at Cam's phone and it's like the new Samsung folding screen one. And it really bothered me how that screen folds. It just, it does not make sense that glass should fold in half and then open and not have a crease. I just, for some reason, new and Every time I see some ad, must have, the latest, you've got to have. The other day I saw that you can give commands 
to your light switches now, and then they can switch on and off. And you can command your light. You can say, I want romantic, and then they, I wouldn't use that one. But you would say, <laughs> and I thought, oh, I want one of those. So this passage of Scripture is in a way touching on that desire in the heart of man for something new. And he gives you, Jesus gives you a very powerful piece of advice on the last verse. So don't, don't tap out. Verse 36 from Luke 5 says, He told them this parable. No one tears a piece out of a new garment to patch the old. And no one pours new wine into old wineskins. Otherwise, the new wine will burst the skins. I'm hoping production is able to take me to the next. Thank you. The wine will run out <laughs> and the wineskins will be ruined. No, new wine must be poured into new wineskins. And no one after drinking old wine wants the new, for they say... Why did I never read that part of the verse? I've preached about new wine. I've sung. Vince, do you, can you think of songs? Send us new wine, new wine, Lord, new wine. Why didn't they tell me about verse 39? The old is better. Now I know some of you are thinking, no, I've got some very old wine at home. <laughs> You're right, it is better. I'm going to go home and have myself a little shot there, a little glass, and remember Pastor George. There's a principle that Jesus was trying to teach. The principle is when you start something new, you don't know what it's worth until it stands the test of time and ages well. Some things don't age well. Some of the decisions you're going to make are not going to age well. Some of the uh, ideas you have are not going to age well. You only know if something has value when it ages well and is still true and trustworthy and truthful when you go, you turn 50 and 70 and 100 and 120. You can say that has value. A new thing doesn't yet have value because it hasn't proven itself. You get into a new relationship, I'll clap for you, but I'm a wait and see. Let me tell you what I'm looking for when you get into a new relationship. Do you raise your hands higher now or lower? Because I, now I know what new is doing to you. See, some people, they date someone who's not into it, so they play cool in church. So they worship like that. But some people are so happy that God has sent them the one <laughs> they worship like that. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to wait and see if, you know, one Sunday turns into two, into three. Oh, you know, we, we've, we've got to go away. We've got a thing. We're, we're, we're travelers. We're this or that. I'm just going to wait and see if it stands the test of time. I'm going to wait and see that the old has proven itself and is better than just the new. You know, it's tempting to say, get rid of all the old ideas. They're so old-fashioned. That's such an old idea. It's tempting to say that. But how will you know if your new idea is going to make it to next year? Surely better the enduring word of God that lasts through every generation. Surely that is better. 
And to get something new is wonderful, but give it time to age well. Can you say amen to that? Funny, I was preaching, preparing to preach about this, and a friend of mine from the city was clearing out their house or something, and they found a photo. Now, I know that might surprise you because, but back in my day, we, we, we printed the photos. Is that, does that surprise anybody? We actually had physical, like, we didn't keep them in a drive where you can't really see them. So we used to print them. And he sent me a photo. He said, oh, in 19, you came for dinner. <laughs> the fact that I started with 19 was already the giveaway. You came for dinner. Here's a photo of you when you were 22. It's in my phone. I I didn't have the guts to put it on the screen. It is so awful. It is so awful that it made me immediately go to get on my knees and say, Jesus, whatever fights you've got to still get me through, whatever wars I've still got to have, whatever scars to make that look better, I'm ready to go, Jesus. Let's go, Jesus. You know, um, as time goes by, uh, you have to have a few calluses on your hands. Gymmers will know what this is about. If you're a serious gym person, I nearly said addict, but that's unfair. That's I was I did that. I'm gonna do decided when I turn a certain age, when I turn forty one, um, later this month. So in my fortieth year, I wanted to lose weight, and in, at forty one, in my forty first year, I'm gonna bulk up, but with muscle decided I think one should have one photo like that. Let me tell you what any serious gymmer does, especially CrossFitters, because that's next level. CrossFit people in the house, I'll see you. You know what they do? They tell you, check at this, check this scab, because they pick up such heavy weights. You know, you've got to have a couple of old injuries, because you've set aside and fought and won some old battles. You've got to have that. So I want to caution you to be careful not to think everything old is outdated and that everything new is trustworthy. The truth is that things have to stand the test of time and the old is better. Uh, And you'll see in a moment why that is. So I've got uh, like a minute left. They've given me a minute left and they switch the mic off. No, they don't do that. I hope not. I do have three little principles I want to share with you, and I'm going to fire them off on uh, what to look for uh, as something that is old but true. Can we say amen to that? Things that are old but true. Number one, God prefers people. Now, let me tell you what I mean by that. You might think, well, that's, that's obvious. God prefers people. What, uh, what does that mean? Production can put that up. Um, It means that even though you are flawed, God still prefers to work through you and in you than to just appear to the world like as a miraculous angel. And you might wonder why that is. Why does God prefer to work through people than just appear? And I think the answer for that must surely be because God's goal is to win the love of people and to love people, not to frighten them. 
How many of you know that if God were to appear here in some sort of immediate sense, like a visitation, most of the people, including myself in this room, will probably shout, scream, run. There's a couple of you running. How many of you are willing to, I think that, that means the screens are off. They did tell me if the screens don't work, please have your notes ready. I'm assuming that the devil is in the screens at the moment. But I, in case you were wondering, I do have notes. I know it looks like it's just like a middle-aged guy who gets up there and randomly like rambles on, but I have actual notes. Um, I think they've got it right again. Uh, Many of us, I certainly would confess my sins. Like just very quickly, if there are any leftover sins, if Jesus arrived in the room, I'd be like, Jesus, anything extra? I might even become a little bit Catholic, just do a little cross, just a little bit of everything, just in case. So for some strange reason, God prefers people. He wants to be in your life with your problems, and he wants the beauty and the brokenness of humanity to be part of his identity. And it's weird to me, but that's how God wants to do it. And you should know that. You should know that God loves you and that God wants to work through you. And as human as you are, that's how he likes it. And that's, that's a wonderful thing. Uh, 1 Corinthians 1 says, God chose the foolish things of this world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. We're tempted to think that God only exists in perfect things. And here this verse says that God inhabits even weakness and imperfectness and the beauty of brokenness. You can count on that. God will never, God will never reject you because you're insufficiently perfect for him. You bring the vessel, he'll bring the perfection. You be the clay, he'll be the treasure. And that's how our relationship with God works. Secondly, you can count on this. This never gets old. Gold is a process. Oh, I love that program. Those gold digger programs. Do any of you watch any of them? Cuckoo people. Just out there in the cold and the wet, scratching around in the dirt, super excited when they get some gold. Somebody's going to make it into jewelry, but they're excited. Let me tell you about gold. It's hard work that. You don't generally pick it up on the ground. You've got to go through a lot of dirt to get to gold. Let me tell you something that never gets old. It's worth to go through a lot of junk to find real gold. And it's worth building your life on gold, silver, and precious stones, not on the cheap material you find lying around, wood, hay, and stubble. If you're going to build on a good foundation, build well. It costs a little more and takes a little longer, and it requires a process, but gold is worth it because it endures the test of? Sure. 1 Peter 1, 7 says, uh, these, uh, these have come, so uh, tests have come so that they can prove the genuineness of your faith, uh, of uh, uh, faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes, uh, uh, with, uh, which perishes even though refined by fire, so it too has a shelf life, may result in, in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Revelation 3 words it a little better, I think. So I counsel you to buy from me, so put 
effort in uh, from me gold refined in the fire so that you can become rich and white clothes to wear so that you can cover your shameful nakedness and ointment or salt to put on your eyes so you can truly see. Um, it's, I only have one, one more uh, point, so I have enough time for one very quick, embarrassing but funny story. This building used to be a um, hardware store. Um, before it was empty for a few years, and then we made it a church. When it was a hardware store, I came here during the time that it was a hardware store in the 90s, and I bought wood here. And I made with that wood a preacher's lectern and used it at NMU to preach there with my first church. How funny that the place that gave me the wood, that made the pulpit, became the place where the preacher would preach from in the same thing. But my friend, I was very ignorant about DIY. I'm less ignorant now, but still quite ignorant. He did like a TikTok prank on me before TikTok was a thing. He told me to buy this screw and that bolt and this um, glue. And then he said, you must ask the man for elbow grease. Now, you guys are laughing because those of you who are laughing know what happened. Those of you who are not laughing sound like, yeah, that's a valid thing. What's elbow grease? Let me explain to you. Elbow grease is not a thing. Elbow grease does not exist as a product. Elbow grease is the catchy phrase of saying you have to put in a bit of effort. So I go to these various managers and say, I'm also looking for a liter of elbow grease. And the one guy just laughs louder than the next guy, and they drag me from one manager to the other and say, Come, what about say, Demon? He's looking for elbow grease. I was the laughing stock. So now I'm just going to tell you for what you want, you need to get a bit of elbow grease. You need to put some prayer effort in, some perseverance effort in. You need to, some things, and you can't buy that stuff. Eh? That's just stuff you've got to put into it. And then finally, spiritual gifts are a prayer request. Here's what I mean by that. There's things that never get old. If you would just ask God, he would give you generously. Do you know, I've learned to stop complaining until I have enough time to ask. I think we, we all have a habit of perhaps expressing frustration or complaint but that's not the same as asking. Let me help you um, with your future relationship. Complaining about something is not the same as asking. Ladies? Gentlemen? You came close there. You can't divide it up no more. If you say to each other, it's so annoying that you don't put the toilet seat down. I want you to know that that will result in zero life change. Zero. You're going to say it tomorrow. If you say, babe, one of the ways you can show that you love me <laughs> is if you would please put the toilet seat down. Now let me tell you what happens to a guy when they hear that. It raises the stakes. They know if they don't put the seat down, the next fight will not be about the seat. It will be about 
whether you love me. And no guy wants to have that conversation. Guys will replace the toilet seat with an automatic toilet seat than answer the question, do you really love me? It is too emotionally stressful to answer. So raise the stakes. You think that's funny? But the Bible says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Hectic, eh? I'm sneaky like that. You must watch out for me. I come there funny, funny, and then drop. I'm like that. Some of you haven't met me before, so you're not sure what's happening. That's what's happening. It's funny, and then, oh, it's sore. And then that's how we... Let's conclude with a verse, 1 Corinthians 14. Matt's like so true. 1 Corinthians 14, follow the way of love and eagerly desire gifts of the Spirit, especially prophecy for anyone who speaks in tongues does not speak to the people, but to God. Indeed, no one utters them, understands them. Uh, they utter mysteries by the Spirit. But the one who prophesies speaks to people for their strengthening, encouragement, and edification. You might think, well, that's a heavy topic to end the service. It is, it is an intense one, but in this sense, uh, there are some things you should be doing in private at home spiritually and some things you should be doing in public in, to encourage people, and the Christians are forever getting it wrong. They take the stuff we should be doing in private, <laughs> putting it on Facebook status, and then we take the stuff we should be doing with others and we don't do it at all. Some things never get old. And you need wisdom to know which ones. And over the next couple of weeks, let's ask God to empty the wardrobe. If you've got garments of praise then take off the garment of heaviness. If you put something new in the cupboard, kick something out. That's how your life goes in the direction God's called you to. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray? I hope you don't rush off after the service. There's such great coffee and connection, and I think the youth are are selling pancakes. Is it kids' church selling pancakes? And they're fat-free um, pancakes. You know my old joke about that. We don't charge for the fat. It's completely free. And so I want to encourage you to stick around. Work it off in conversation. Work it off in conversation. Just be talking. Uh, but do stay for, for, if for nothing. I mean, those things are all just there so you could hang out and make friends is what we really want. But let's pray about this. Lord, will you, will you please help us filter? Will you help us have good filters? Will you teach us to maintain our filters so that we can with wisdom know what's good and what's not, what's got to stay and what's got to go, and so that we can appreciate the value that things must stand the test of time because the old is better. And in the sense that we need new things, yes, a new song, a new covenant, a new day, a new word, all are valuable, but not to, not to be hasty, to let them mature, to let them stand the test of time, because that's when we know how things are eternal.
Will you please help us build our lives on strong foundations and our houses out of gold in Jesus' name. Everybody said, would you give God a shout of praise and thanksgiving?